the exploits of drummer, composer and educator Dominic Murcott this time on Culture File. Murcott is a self-taught musician whose journey through music began with jazz and punk, includes some brushes with stardom with acts such as the High Llamas and Pavement, as well as more recent voyages into classical music. Murcott got through lockdown giving lessons in creating and making music with modular synthesizers for the non-classical label, and we'll have more on that side of his music making in the next episode, but we begin this time with everything Murcott has learned from his long study of the methods, maths and music of composer Conlon Nankaro. And we begin with Murcott's work, The Harmonic Canon, a long-dreamt-of sculpture come musical instrument now installed in Greenwich, London. Louise McMahon dialed into a unique musical imagination. I was a self-taught musician as a kid. I didn't have formal lessons. I started as a, as a drummer, as a teenager, went on to play with a lot of experimental music, some kind of more popular stuff, and gradually drifted from being a self-taught drummer into composing. I did, as a mature student, go to university, and I've done the academic things and have a PhD. I'm head of composition at Trinity Laban Conservatoire of Music and Dance in Greenwich in London. Mainly what I do is compose. I do some playing still. And I do a mixture of acoustic and electronic things. I do things with film and lots of different technology. The piece that's been very successful for me in the last few years is this piece called The Harmonic Canon. The Harmonic Canon is the name of the piece, but it's also the name of this huge bell which is made by a bellmaker called Marcus Vergette. Large bells are hidden. We hear them from, you know, somewhere inside church towers. They're not things that we can see, they're not things that we can approach. So he had this idea to make essentially two bells on a stand that could be rolled onto a stage and can be a piece of public sculpture. This thing lives at the moment in the courtyard at the old Royal Naval College in Greenwich, which is where Trinity Laban is. The bell can spin inside its cradle. You know, it weighs half a ton. I wrote a piece for two percussionists who play the bell, plus all sorts of other metal percussion. The guy who recorded it for us and co-produced it with me is a guy called Julian Heppel, who um, was Prince's sound engineer. The piece has two movements. One is very complex and fast and takes even very, very good players a long time to learn. And the other is slow and it's essentially one kind of gradually changing tone. I mean, the joy of this particular composition is that working with Marcus, the bellmaker, there were certain ideas built into the bells. So there's two of them and they're tuned a semitone apart. We don't get to hear large bells a semitone apart. We tend to hear them in pentatonic scales or, or whatever. Within those two semitone parts, the lower one has a prominent major third and the upper one has a prominent minor third, which is actually the same note. But it's not perfectly in tune, so if you hit both together, that common tone doesn't quite fit, so you get these wonderful complex beating patterns. The 
bell has ridges on it, which means if you strike those ridges, it excites certain frequencies. When you hear it, it actually sounds like there's multiple instruments playing, but it's literally just playing these two bells with drumsticks. So the starting point was taking things that actually came from the bell itself. Let's make the point where they're playing the bell the key point. If that's fast, let's begin one aspect of the music slowly and gradually speed towards that. Let's take another part fast and gradually slow towards that. Oh, and there's another compositional idea which was fun, is that I really wanted this to be released on vinyl. You can fit approximately 21 minutes of good audio quality on vinyl, so I wrote it to be two 21-minute movements specifically for that. These were the structural starting points. Conlon Nancro. Can you talk to me more about your excursion into his music? Well, yeah. I mean, I've just been a fan of his for a long time. In 2010, I just got stuck into researching him. You know, he had the first ever home recording studio, working with player pianos where he punched holes into rolls. He could essentially make computer music, but with these beautiful, very analogue devices. I feel great empathy with his digital versus analogue relationship. His music is so much about structure. He often conceives of a structure that has limitations and problems in it and then works on producing the notes that fulfil the ambitions of these structures. I've taken a lot of that, so the way I wrote the harmonic canon was... I mean, I literally structured the whole piece out before I began to write too much of the material. And I found that very liberating. He wrote approximately 50 studies for player piano. They were all called study number one, study number two, and sometimes you get 3A and 3B, so there's not a lot in the title. One of his most famous ones is study number 21, which is simply a very fast line getting slower and a very slow line getting faster. And there is nothing like it. Still, it was written, you know, approximately, you know, around 1950. Nancaro's interest was in musical time. What happens if we separate out musical time? So instead of, you know, two players playing at the same speed, what happens if they're playing at speeds that are different but have a mathematical relationship? So if it's two to one, one player is playing twice as fast as the other. But he was interested in more difficult ratios. So what happens if you have three against five? Or what happens if you have the same material transposed to different registers on the piano at the registers of 17 to 18 to 19 to 20? So these are beyond the capabilities of humans. We can't play 16 against 17 accurately for four minutes. If you work with these structures and you layer them in certain ways, the musical seems to be rushing towards a certain place. And then it all seems to be relaxing away from that certain place. So some of it is quite explicit, but a lot of it is buried in there. But he used maths to lead ideas that aren't natural human ideas. They're not things that you'd sit at a piano and just imagine. Dominic Murcott there talking to Louise McMahon and next time their distant session on the electrical magic of modular synthesizers.